Welcome back to another episode. You are listening to the Chronicles of the Teenage Brain, and I am your host, Grace Scotto. You guys, we are already halfway until episode 50, which is mind-boggling. It is officially the month of November, and before we know it, it's almost been one year since I've started this podcast. We're not there yet, but it's coming, and I can't believe that time has flown by so fast. Um, I hope you all had a great Halloween. Go stream my spooky episode specials if you haven't already. For the past three weeks, I have been making holiday halloween themed episodes for the pod switching it up a bit um it was really fun i seriously enjoyed it so much and you guys did too i got a lot of positive feedback um the first episode i did was i told you guys my favorite fall things all my recommendations from drinks to food to clothes movies super fun Then the next episode I did was all on conspiracy theories, some really crazy ones from aliens to ghosts. That one might have been my favorite to film. Well, record, I should say. I don't know. I just really enjoyed it so much. Um, But last week for the Halloween finale, I had you guys write in your favorite Halloween costumes and candies where I ranked them and picked some winners. As well as I told some ghost stories that I found online that were really, really good. So yeah, go check those out um, because they were just so much fun. But we are getting back into our regularly scheduled programs and diving more into mental health now. But don't worry because holiday specials are not over. We still have Thanksgiving and Christmas to get through. And let me tell you, I have some fun stuff planned for Christmas already. So yeah. Speaking of Halloween, even though it's over, I'm still not ready to move on. So my next book of the week is The X-Hex by Aaron Sterling. Yes, okay, that's how you pronounce it. Um, This book is about a small town witch who is forced to make magic with a man who broke her heart when his return sets a series of supernatural disasters in motion. I have honestly been so busy this week, I haven't really dived too deep into the book yet. But I will let you guys know how it is once I finish, as always. Um, Last week I read Without Merit by Colleen Hoover, and I really liked it. So yeah, you guys get hyped because Taylor Swift is going on her heiress tour. I had to bring this up in the podcast because, as you know, I am a Swifty till the day I die. Um, I'm so hyped. And yeah, I just have to talk about it. It's literally all of her eras, and that is like the most crazy thing to me. I, unpopular opinion, but I really love folklore. A lot of people tell me that that album is trash. I am a folklore girly. I love it so much. Um, I just finished some homework. I got home. I went out with my friend for dinner, and it's now like 10 o'clock when I'm recording this, so if I sound a little tired, and also like I have tissues in my hand. I don't know if you can hear it, but, like, my allergies are really bad right now. Um, So I'm kind of, like, falling asleep, but my excitement for this episode is keeping me awake. I am excited for this topic. But, um, yeah, no, like, I just, like, had to talk about it, and I was so excited. But, yeah, I, 
I don't even know. I hopefully can go to one of her shows. We'll see. But yeah, more exciting news in the media realm at this point. This is what the pod is turning into. I swear I only talk about Taylor Swift and Harry Styles. Forgive me. Sorry, not sorry. Click off if you don't want to hear about it. (laughs) But My Policeman is out today and that is another movie with Harry Styles. And I'm so excited to watch considering how much I loved his last movie, Don't Worry Darling, which I actually did watch last night, Guilty as Charged. Um, I seriously have, I liked his acting in Don't Worry Darling. I was honestly so impressed and I'm excited to see what my policeman brings to the table. I'm probably not going to get to it tonight just because I got home later than expected. So that'll be for tomorrow. I know it'll make me cry, so I need to be prepared. But yeah, I'm just super, super excited taylor swift and harry child's a divorce am i right um if you didn't know they dated and they broke up obviously so yeah we're children of divorce here but yeah i am so excited for the both of them on a different side of things i guess i realize i haven't given an update on our newest kitten elliot in a really long time and i actually got a message about him so let's share um, I did a whole episode while, while back in August about adapting to change and what that looks like. And I related that to that exact week I had gotten a new kitten while our family did. And believe it or not, it was a really, really big change. Um, especially after losing a pet this past year, that kind of shift and bringing in a total new, like totally new personality to the family was very different. Um, but yeah, no, he's been really good. I haven't talked to him since like, well, talked about him. I talked to my cat. Don't worry. I haven't talked about him since like August on the podcast and someone DM me. He's doing really good. He's gotten so big. It's crazy how fast they grow. I know parents are always like slow down growing and like, oh my gosh. And I am a cat mom and I fully understand what my parents mean by that. Um, It's so sad, but it's so fun, too, because he's learning so many new things. He's crazy. Let me tell you, he loves to jump into the fridge and go on the counters where he's not supposed to go, which I don't really have a problem with, but my dad does. Whatever. Um, He just loves to get him to mischief. He's so funny and goofy and has the best personality, and he loves to snuggle. And I just love him so much. He seriously is like the thing I look forward to when I get home from school every day and even waking up like when my alarm goes off at 520 in the morning, which is the worst thing ever. Um, I am sometimes excited to get up because I know he waits outside my door for me. The reason why he doesn't sleep in my room anymore is one because he just can't like I don't if you're like an OG listener when we first adopted him, he like lived in my room and his litter box was in here and everything that has been long gone now. Like that was really gross, but, um, he can't even like really sleep in my room. He fell asleep in my bedroom on Wednesday night of this past week. And I woke up at two in the morning on him sitting on my face and licking me, which is adorable. But when you're trying to get sleep on a school night, it is a little rough, but I, he's just been crazy and I love him and he's so funny. So that's the Elliot update and Sparky, our other cat. Same old, same old. She has not changed a bit. Um, she's a little bitchy, but I just love her and she kind of takes after me. So, you know, can't hate her. 
But yeah, no, I love both of my cats, and there's a little cat update. Should I do a cat update of the week? I'm kidding. That's a joke, but maybe if you're into it, let me know. All right, speaking of something of the week, let's do quote of the week. And this one that I picked out was, heal yourself so that that wound does not control your life. I thought this was a really, really good one. Um, It is so easy to like kind of brush past certain things that have happened and or like override it and overlook it and think like oh like it's really not this big of a deal like I'm being dramatic um I'm gonna use an example for instance because it's kind of related to what I talked to my therapist about this week and I was really talking about OCD and one of the things that I actually came to realize was that This year was one of the first years where I really have gotten into Halloween in a long time. These past couple of years, I haven't really been interested in it. I didn't honestly care. And I realized that was because of my OCD. It triggered intrusive thoughts for me, like all of the gore, the blood, and the violence that is kind of like around the Halloween season with horror and stuff um, was really triggering for me. And it it literally occurred to me over the weekend. And a big part of this quote relates because when dealing with obsessive compulsive disorder, I had to take into consideration what I was going through and I had to face it head on, even though obviously no one wants to face their problems head on. And I was able to cope and learn healthy ways to do so and sort of working on healing myself and Now I'm able to enjoy Halloween because those wounds don't control me anymore. Those intrusive thoughts don't control me. And I was able to have a really good Halloween. I'm not saying like I don't have intrusive thoughts anymore or the OCD is completely gone. That's not at all what I'm saying. It is still there. Trust me. I've just learned how to cope with it. And I have many episodes on intrusive thoughts and OCD. So go listen to them. If those are of interest to you, they're really, really good and super great way to get educated on those topics because OCD is not just about being organized let me tell you but yeah I love the quote heal yourself so that your wounds do not control your life that's so important and that can fit for so many different scenarios but putting yourself first is one of the most like the one of the best things you can possibly do because at the end of the day your mental health and physical health is by far one of the most irrelevant and important things that you should always be focusing on and yeah just be kind to yourself and remember that progress is not linear there is one more thing i want to mention before starting this week's main topic and it is starbucks holiday drinks are officially out and i know you all love the halloween specials and you better believe there will be some christmas ones it's actually where my friend and i were earlier I mentioned that I was out with a friend and that's why I'm recording so late is we were actually at Starbucks and we went out to dinner but I got the caramel brulee latte warm with oat milk that is my go-to holiday drink if you're wondering it is seriously the best I've missed it so much I've moved on from pumpkin spice and I am just so excited for Thanksgiving and Christmas seriously my favorite time of the year and yeah I'm just oh I'm so hyped I'm getting excited now but Although I did love doing the holiday specials, it does 
feel really good to jump back into our mental health related subjects because that was the main reason why I created this podcast. But don't worry, there will be fun uh, fun subjects coming soon, but I'm just ready to hop back into it. And if you couldn't tell by today's topic and today's title and kind of the hints I've given, this week's theme is vulnerability. So for those of you who don't know, the definition of vulnerability is the state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. This can be something like taking chances that might lead to rejection, talking about mistakes you've made, sharing personal information that you normally keep private, and feeling difficult emotions such as shame, grief, or fear. So, before we dive too deep into this, I want to talk about what this really means And one of the reasons I was so extremely drawn to this topic is because I have to practice the idea of being vulnerable on this podcast every single week. So what I mean by this is that I, when talking about mental health on the podcast, I obviously connect it back to some of my shared experiences, such as um, experiences in therapy, dealing with OCD, depression, anxiety, and so much more. And even things like gaining body confidence, giving you guys advice, etc. And although I do information and I research and tell some stories, that includes a lot of vulnerability. I know I th- one of my really, really early episodes was when I talked about OCD. And that is probably one of my, this is going to sound like odd, but I love to share my struggle that I used to have with it and like still kind of do because the progress I've made and how I cope is like so monumental and so big and although I'm in a better place now like if you were to tell me like when I was in middle school or when I was in um, like elementary school that I would be publicly sharing the struggles that I was going through at that time I would have told you that you were crazy and it takes a lot of courage to share certain stories like that I know it may seem like I'm sitting on this pedestal and I know what I'm talking about and I can confidently say everything because I've been through it and I'm on the other side, but that's really not true. Most of these topics that I pick are because they're relating to me at the moment. Um, Like last, when I first started my podcast and I did seasonal depression, I picked that week's theme because I was struggling with seasonal depression at the time. So even though it may seem like I can sit behind this microphone and sound like I have everything figured out, trust me, I do not. And I'm learning every single day. But being vulnerable can help us work through our emotions easier rather than pushing them away. And vulnerability forces good emotional and mental health. It also is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. Also, fun fact, vulnerability is a main characteristic of leadership. So these are like, I want to just kind of share these in the beginning, but they are um, three ways to turn your vulnerabilities into leadership strengths. And this is kind of like taking your struggles and making them like kind of looking on the bright side and First thing is get good at recognizing and embracing your vulnerabilities. 
point them out, like spot them out, like, okay, like this is something that maybe makes me uncomfortable to share, or this is something that I'm struggling with at the time. Tell your stories of hardship. I am being so serious when I say that personally, I think the best thing you can do if you are struggling with mental health is talk it out. Now, obviously, if it is at like a higher level of severity, like maybe think about getting therapy or talking to a trusted adult. Um, And I kid you not, I know this sounds cliche like coming from me, but doing therapy and getting therapy seriously has helped me so much because it's a way for me to be able to like physically and verbally recognize what I'm going through. And it's kind of a way for me to come to terms with things that maybe I didn't realize just by like thinking it in my head. And that's why I think telling your stories of hardship is so important. In addition, like I have learned so much about myself through this podcast. I have told so many different stories on this podcast, some funny and some like kind of serious. And I really have learned so much about how I cope and what is helpful to me and just what I want to continue like to work on within this podcast and what I want it to look like. And the last one is stop your quest for power and practice ways to say that you messed up. It is really, really easy to avoid our problems and or to like disregard our mistakes. And sometimes the only way to get past that is to tap into vulnerability and just kind of admit what you've done or come to terms with it because that can actually help you move on faster than avoiding the problem or your mistake. So although being vulnerable can have a major impact on yourself, it also ties into relationships. Being vulnerable in a relationship means taking a risk, which many people are afraid to do. There's a chance of you getting hurt or the other person, but there's also a chance for connection and growth. Opening up to someone isn't always an easy thing to do, but it is so important to remember. Literally, I think one of the most like successful keys to having a good relationship with someone, whether that's as a friendship or romantically, is to have a little bit of vulnerability and to kind of gain that connection that is long-lasting and has a density to it that holds meaning. So being vulnerable involves these following actions. There's so many more, but these are just like some of my top actions that I found that I thought were important to share. So I keep saying so all the time to beginning, like begin my sentences. I'm really sorry. That's really annoying me. But at the same time, I like need to think of better transition starters. I feel like I'm in English class right now. Oh my gosh. Okay. Here's a tip. (laughs) Ask for what you need. When we are hurting, it is easy to dismiss our pain or try to protect ourselves and the people around us by closing off. I, this is like, I kind of feel like a hypocrite saying this because I have a really hard time asking for help, but I was able to do it and you can too. When I was in middle school, I confided in my mom that I was having intrusive thoughts, which I was really scared to do. And I asked for help 
similar to my ninth grade experience when I was struggling with hitting rock bottom and dealing with a really, really severe case of depression, I had to ask for help and what I needed. And for the longest time, I tried to close myself off and solve my problems myself, but that's not always going to work. And this is such a great way to not only help yourself, but show that there is trust within a relationship. Be willing to expose your feelings. This may sound basic, but it's so true. Like, if you hide what you're going through and play everything off as if you're like cool and chill and collected and happy, then you're not really going to get anywhere. And that's only going to make problems worse. Say what you want and express what you are feeling. Don't bottle anything up because that defeats the purpose, which is pretty similar to what I said before. Express what you really think and slow down and be present. If you just like pick and choose what you want to say or like how you want to express yourself and you skip over certain parts, whether that's like because you're too scared to share or just because you're scared of what they'll think, then that's kind of defeating the whole purpose and there's really no point in doing that. If you're going to open up, then you really need to share and you know, get that help or have your part like provide help for your partner in the way that they need. Um, another example, I know I'm going to talk about this a lot in this episode, so bear with me, but when I did tell my mom about my intrusive thoughts, I hit a lot of it and I was even talking to my therapist about this. Um, I hate saying it out loud to this day um, because she was asking me what they looked like and my intrusive thoughts were very violent and they were never about myself. Like I was always wishing bad things on others, especially family and friends. And that hurt me and that really damaged my mental health because I would never wish anything like that on anyone, especially the ones I love in my life. Um, and I left that part out when I was telling my mom because I was too scared. Uh, and, you know, obviously it, my parents know now, my therapist knows now, <laughs> you guys know now on my podcast. But once I really or was like able to confess the details and receive help and understand that what I was going through was actually pretty normal, it felt so amazing. And I can't even explain the relief that I had gained from that. And that's a really another good point too, is even if you think that what you're going through is like, only you and no one else has ever dealt with it. I am pretty positive someone has been in a similar situation. So keep that in mind too. How does this all connect with our mental health? Personally, I know that struggling with mental health struggles and everyday stress can lead to bearing your emotions out of fear of exposing your internal weaknesses or feeling like a burden. Vulnerability is a state of emotional exposure that comes with certain degrees of uncertainty. It involves a person's willingness to accept the emotional risk that comes from being open and willing to love and be loved. Vulnerability plays a major role in recovery, and honestly, without it, it wouldn't be possible. Being vulnerable can help us work through our emotions easier rather than pushing them away. And this also fosters good emotional and mental health. 
Vulnerability is also a sign of courage as we become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. And that includes the good and the bad emotions. Um, and everyone has to be vulnerable at some point. I feel like vulnerability is really shamed at. And I feel like, especially as a teenager, like when I maybe talk about something I'm going through or whatever, like a lot of people use the term like, oh, that's like pick me. Like you're a pick me girl and you're just doing it for attention. And that's why I feel like so many people are discouraged from being vulnerable due to the fact that there are so many different stereotypes and misconceptions that are tied along with it. Um, but just know like everyone has to be vulnerable and if you are in the position where you need to ask for help, there is nothing wrong with that because help is okay. Um, I would have never been able to start coping in a healthy way with my OCD or depression unless I chose vulnerability and opened up to my parents on what was happening. And at the time, I really didn't even know what the signs of depression were or anxiety, and I didn't even know what OCD was at the time. I seriously thought that I was just going to become like a crazy person. Like I had no idea what was going on in my brain and showing that raw emotion and being vulnerable helped me get the help that I needed, but was also a very, very good educational moment for me. Um, so yeah, super, super good. But vulnerability is just so important to our everyday life. And so many people fail to recognize that. Another term for vulnerability often has, like, like there are so many different terms for vulnerability that are negative, such as, like, being a pick-me, as I said before, and, like, being a baby and a blah, blah, blah. And the term has really negative connotations in the field of psychology. And many are increasingly recognizing the value of being vulnerable. And we're trying to shift that whole perspective that it is weak. I'm here to tell you now that it is not weak. It does not make you less of a person. It does not make you unworthy. Um, so yeah, go girl power. I don't even know. Um, I'm so tired, you guys. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm like having, I like love recording, but at the same time, I like want to go to bed. It is like the life of being a high school student. But anyways, negative connotations. Um, we are all trying to realize that vulnerability is part of the human condition that we all go through and it is important and there is value to it. While being vulnerable indicates a per like the possibility of being hurt, it also suggests that one has an increased ability to live their most authentic and true life, which is so incredibly amazing. If you are someone seeking help and recovery, such as therapy, being honest and vulnerable are the two most important principles. The only way you can truly receive the help that you need is by opening up. That way you can be, you know, diagnosed with the right things and you can get the help that you need because we're all different. And I'm sure like if you are someone who gets therapy, I'm sure what you talk about is much different than what I go through and that's okay. Um, but yeah, this is important because 
you can receive the help you need and you are worthy regardless of your inner and exterior struggles. We never know when someone is going through a vulnerable time. It's not always obvious and I feel like the media perceives it to be like when I hear the word vulnerable I think of like someone crying and like opening up about all their issues but this is why it's so important that we work on being the reason someone feels welcome, seen, heard, valued, loved, and overall supported because you never know what someone's going through and maybe someone says something to you that may seem like, you know, not the biggest deal or, you know, you're just not really phased by it, but maybe they just said something that was really exposing them to that vulnerability. So we just kind of have to live that open-mindedness and just kind of take that into account but here are some ways to help others be vulnerable in your relationship or get through a time of showing vulnerability which isn't always easy so if you are in a relationship where someone is going through a period of vulnerability show them that you're trustworthy and be supportive Allow them to know that you truly have their backs because that is one of the most comforting things. And even if they're saying something to you and you don't know what to say or you just you feel like like I'm going to give the wrong advice, like I'm not a therapist, what do I do? Just listen and be there for them. That can go a long way and that has more of an impact than you realize. Take responsibility for when you're wrong. Making mistakes happens, and I am wrong 90% of the time, you guys. It is so true. I've even listened to, like, past podcast episodes, and I was like, oh, like, I don't know. Like, I don't really like what I just said. Like, I don't like the point I just made. Honestly, that really hasn't happened. I think I'm more, when I listen, I'm just kind of cringing at my voice and, like, how I talk and stutter all the time. I don't necessarily have anything that I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, For the most part, I've done a pretty good job. Um, but yeah, take responsibility and that is kind of connecting into an even different like type of vulnerability, um, and exposing that you make mistakes, but it'll help you like move on and kind of connect with that. If someone is confiding in you, don't use what they say against them and please know when to joke and when it's not the time to make jokes especially if someone is in a very raw and real emotional state you just want to make sure that you're listening even if you have nothing to say just listen and even if you like your best friend tells you something that's hard and even if she betrays you and you hate each other and you're no longer friends in the next five years Don't use what they say against them. Be the bigger person. And if you are trying to encourage someone, maybe try opening up first. My mom actually did this with me when I told her about my intrusive thoughts. She told me how she struggled as well with them. And she's seen them before. And she's heard them before in her own head. And that was really comforting for me because it made me feel normal. And it gave me that courage to share. This also ties in to the idea of empathy. Without vulnerability, we can't access our own experiences that allow us to be empathetic. And we also can't share important personal moments 
so that others can relate to us. So even though this maybe sounds like vulnerability is only impacting yourself, it could actually benefit someone else. I know I've heard people talk in the hallways even at school about something they're going through and I was and I'm like, wow, like I thought I was the only one who has gone through that. And that is a great way to tie in empathy and allow others to feel less alone. It's seriously so important, you guys, and this is why vulnerability is so incredibly good and why we shouldn't shred it and hate on it. But overall, vulnerability is seen as something negative and weak. This connotation needs to be changed. Showing vulnerability is a way to get help, which is healthy and normal, and a way to exert your strength even if you don't feel like you have any at the time. I wouldn't have a relatable podcast without it. Everything I say in this podcast is true, and most of it is stuff that I've experienced besides the ghost stories that I shared in the Spooky Season episodes. Those are not me, mental health-wise. I am able to gain a deeper connection with so many listeners, and I've even gotten like DMs and messages saying, like, oh, I've gone through the same certain struggle, and that is the most gratifying feeling, and I am so thankful. Um for that experience altogether but I just think that this topic was so important considering how often I am vulnerable on this podcast and I honestly wouldn't trade it for the world and it is something that I'm glad that I have the strength for because I used to be really shy and like I would never ever do this and I'm so proud I took the risk to make this podcast but I hope that you were able to connect with this episode in some type of way Even if you are someone who doesn't struggle maybe directly with mental health issues or mental illness, being vulnerable about mistakes you've made or certain things in the past or even something you're going through in the present moment is so important and this is something that we all need to work on and overall just be there for one another and remember that being vulnerable doesn't make you weak, it actually makes you stronger than you think. So yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. I am going to bed, if you can't tell. I am so excited for next week's episode, and I am very happy to be back and talking about mental health again. I have missed it. But I will talk to you all soon, and I love you all very much. Bye!